Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack has you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. Welcome back in Fifth Avenue Faceoff. Uh, subscribe inside your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. That's where you get it delivered as soon as it's ready. A uh, couple times a week, we go around the league usually and, and talk to people who have a view from the other side of the ice. We'll get a league-wide view from Jackie Redman of NHL Network in just a couple of minutes. You heard my story about why Boomer Esiason won't be coming on the show this week, but we're doing better than Boomer. Who needs Boomer? We got Omp. Pompin ain't easy, but he's here with us anyway. Bob Pompiani of KDKA TV2. Pomp, thanks for doing it. How have you been, my friend? I'm doing well, Chris. How are you doing? Congrats on the new uh, podcast here. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's been a heck of a time to get it started with the ups and the downs of this team. And I, I don't know. I'll ask you. You've been watching this team for years. You've covered all five Stanley Cup runs. Uh, what is the deal with this team? And can they get right in these final 15 games after what we saw Third time in, what, six, seven games, they blow a big lead. They have to pull their goaltender against Montreal on Tuesday night. Can they get things set in the right direction between now and, well, this time next month? You know, I think the simple answer is goaltending. Uh, If you look back at all those teams that won, they had reliable, confident goaltending. And this team right now does not have that. This has, you know, Casey DeSmith has emerged as maybe a better option. And I don't know if that's a good thing heading into the playoffs. They got to get Tristan Jari right. We saw it again in that Montreal game where, you know, four goals on seven shots, that's it. And and listen, I know that they have leaks in front of him and I know their defensive coverage has been lacking at times, but uh, you know, you got to make saves in those situations and bail your guy out, bail your team out. And I think we saw that with um, Montembaum with Montreal, he was facing a lot of shots and he came up with big saves. The biggest one probably was third period on Zucker. Anyway, if you don't get that, I don't think you really have a chance. The, the problem with this team does not lie with the guys they brought back and expect, expect to be here for the next four years or so. Those guys are all playing well. It's, you know, the other problem is you know, bottom six, not much consistency. Um, in fact, the Carter situation is really a difficult one. All these moves that Ron Hextel made at the deadline, you know, he's trying to dig himself out from them. He did it with Kapanen. He did it with McGinn. Carter gave a two-year extension to. These are moves that probably shouldn't have been made. And now you're kind of stuck here, which limited what they could do with the trade deadline, although I thought they should have done more. But, you know, those are the two biggest problems that I see here that I didn't see back in those teams that were winning. Goaltending and bottom six contributions from other and star players. Yeah, and, and what's interesting is, you know, what we've seen all year long, sort of whether you put it on Sullivan at times, whether you put it on Hextall for the pieces that he's handing to Sullivan to work with, this stubbornness to to really lean in on certain players. And, you know, it took, it took them two and a half, three months to get Drew O'Connor in the lineup on a regular basis. Alex Nylander is finally up here and playing on a regular basis and looking pretty, pretty good. Um it's paralyzing them as far as Jeff Carter goes. 
And perhaps I worry, I'm, I'm sure it's something you mentioned, DeSmith may be the guy to go to at this point, but it's something I worry about with goaltending as well. Do they continue to go back to Jari? Casey DeSmith should be starting Thursday night in New York, but I fear that they'll go back to Jari and use this excuse of, well, he's still knocking off the rust. Yeah, I think it's more than knocking off the rust. I think even though Mike Sullivan said after that mm-hmm. Montreal game that, you know, he's healthy, it's just a matter of getting him up to it. I still think there's something there, and I don't know what it would be. You know, hip injury was mentioned. That's bad injury if you're a goaltender trying to get through it, especially with the word chronic attached to it. So that's a concern, and I do believe they have to get him up to speed. At what cost, however? Do you do you sacrifice points against teams you need to beat to do it? No, I don't think so. you got two games against the Rangers coming up, and DeSmith right now is your best option, so I have to go with him. And I thought, you know, they lost the opportunity maybe to catch the Rangers third with that loss to Montreal. They still got a lot of work to do to do it. Uh, but you have to worry now about guys coming from behind, you know, the teams like the Florida Panthers, even though the Penguins have games in hands, teams like uh, Ottawa, Buffalo even, depending on mm-hmm. if they get hot. And if the Penguins, you know, go back and forth with this inconsistent play, it opens up the door for those teams to come in. So I still think they're going to make the playoffs. I do think they'll have a tough assignment regardless of who they play. Although with Carolina, you know, that's a tough loss with Svechnikov being gone for the rest of the season. Um, that's that's a hard one for them. But, you know, they still have a pretty good team that gives the Penguins fit. So bottom line is they just got to get in. If they get in, the goaltending better be good or else we're going to see what we've seen for the last three years. Yeah, and back to Jeff Carter for just a second as one of those guys that they haven't been able to get away from, whether it's Mike Sullivan being stubborn or – Uh, They feel like they can't call anybody up because of the cap situation. Now you're kind of limited in the number of call-ups you can have unless you've got injuries, which unfortunately they're dealing with on the blue line. How how would you remedy the Jeff Carter situation? My idea would just be, hey, use one of these blue line injuries, probably Ruda, uh, to make an emergency call-up. It might not necessarily be a defenseman I call up. Uh, I might bring up another forward. Just somebody to get into the lineup on the bottom six because – Paling's still out. Bonino's hurt now. Um, call, use an emergency call-up. Get somebody, I, I don't know, one of those forwards from Wilkes-Barre up here. Insert them into the lineup to maybe breathe some fresh air into this thing and finally send Jeff Carter to the press box. I wouldn't disagree with that. And they, you know, they brought Jonathan Gruden up a few uh, weeks ago, but they only played him like two or three minutes. You can't do much in two or three minutes. At some yeah. point, you have to rely on you know, they won, as you know, those two Stanley Cups by getting a tremendous infusion of youth into their lineup. Uh, guys who came up and immediately contributed. And and that's what's kind of missing right now. Uh, I'm glad to see Nylander up here. They got to play him more. O'Connor, you need those young guys uh, to give you a little boost when it comes to the energy of the game. And I think Gruden would be a call up I'd make and I'd play him. I, it can't get any worse. Carter was a minus four in that game against Montreal. He hasn't scored in a long time. He seems to be just a luxury at him to win faceoffs, and that's it. You can't afford to have that, especially if the guy's not going to score. So. Um, I think, you know, at this point, you got to make a you got to make a decision. Mike Sullivan tends not to do that. It seems he you know pivots toward the veterans. But at this point, what do you have to lose? Jeff Carter has been totally unproductive. What's your benchmark uh, since we're talking about personnel moves? What's your benchmark this year for saying, okay, I'm all right with bringing Ron Hextall back? Or is that an impossibility for you at this point? I think I've gotten to the point where I think it's time to make a change. Um, you know, I don't think he has much of a history as a GM. That's a successful uh, history. Therefore, uh, and he seems to be, you know, in a, in, in, caught in a quandary right now, trying to be a winner now and trying to protect assets for the future. Well, you got to choose here, one or the other. And if you're not going to make um, winning now a priority, 
then you probably shouldn't have brought in guys like Granlund or anyone else to, to you know to put another 10 million on the books for the next two years. I don't think he he wants to give in uh, to sacrificing future assets. And if you don't do that right now, then what's the point? Why, why did you bring everybody back? You have a veteran lineup. It's the oldest lineup in the NHL. And, you, you know, you should have made that number one pick or something else available to someone else at the trademark. I just don't like the way he's navigated through this. I think you need a fresher approach. Jim Rutherford had his warts, no doubt about it. I mean, he, he sure. threw some things away, but he was quick to, to make deals that he thought would help them now. And it's still about now with the Penguins. And if it's about now, then now is the time to do something with him, I think, at the end of this season. Yeah, if you're all about now, then you better be aggressive. Uh, and Hextall has been anything but with his moves. He sat and waited and waited and waited and been far too patient at times. Um, let me ask you this. This is off the uh, off the beaten path here, but you've worked in local TV for, uh, what, 35 years now, right? 40, 40. years. That's right. Your 40th 40. anniversary was last year. Oh, no. oh my God. Uh, <laughs> but we're at an inflection point now where – it sounds like something somebody's going to have to take charge of this situation that fans I know are really worried about with how am I going to watch my games? Um, it sounds like there's a possibility now that Nesson, uh, being that they are, you know, the Fenway Sports Group is, is part is majority owners of the Penguins. Of course, they own 80 percent of Nesson as well, New England Sports Network, which has the rights to Red Sox and Bruins games. It makes a lot of sense that we may see that become. Uh, a primary method that they may come in to sort of prop up at least broadcast for these local Pittsburgh teams. But I'm just curious what your perspective is on, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it, the industry now and people getting an opportunity to watch their teams, because I think all the way back to when you first broke in and I would watch pirate games on KDKA sometimes, or, you know, Fox 53 back in the day, right. You know, it was a completely different landscape than it is now, because then you had the rise of, the cable sports networks like KBL uh, and eventually Fox Sports Pittsburgh. Uh, and I just, I'm curious what your perspective is on it with someone who has so many years of experience and where you think we're headed with it. Well, we're heading in multiple directions very quickly. Um, I see that Bally, you know, filed for bankruptcy this week and he knew that was going to happen. Uh, I don't think fans are ever going to be without watching games. Somebody's going to make it available, whether it's the Penguins and the Pirates combining on a network that can make it happen that is fueled and run by Major League Baseball and the production team they have, because that could very well be in play. Um, you know, AT&T Sports has two uh, networks, one and two. I think you're right when you say NESN. I was talking to some people who work there who said it's very much alive that that conversation is being talked about because of the Fenway group. Whatever it may be, uh, it's going to be available. The question is, how will it cost? Is it going to cost people more? How much will they have to pay? And I think people are very much concerned about that. So I know that our station here, KDK, and you know Pittsburgh CW, which is our sister station, I think we would be interested in doing some of those games over uh, you know, commercial television if we had an opportunity. So I don't know if that exists, if that's a possibility. I know our people are interested. Um, and there are ways to, to do it. Uh, that wouldn't put a, a you know pressure on people who are watching in terms of streaming money, more of it. But I think ultimately what you're going to have, Chris, is exactly that. You're going to have uh, opportunities to watch when national games happen. But in the meantime, there's going to be a new sort of streaming network that comes in, whether it's a combination of NHL and MLB, whatever the case, 
I think that's the future. I don't think you're going to have to worry about the rest of this season. I think they'll figure out a way to make it available. And then in, in the off season, that's when hockey specifically will change. And I'm not sure what direction it ends up. Yeah. I'm seeing numbers thrown around at like 30 bucks a month, $320 a year, which, you know, when, when we first started having this conversation on the morning show about a month ago, I threw out 20 bucks a month. I thought was reasonable and feasible. Uh, but you know, in a world where people are already linked into how many different streaming services, you're paying 10, 15 bucks a month for each of those in some cases. It very quickly adds right back up to what you were paying for cable anyway. Um, the fact that 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 KDKA and Pittsburgh CW would be interested, local CBS Pittsburgh would be interested and be able to, I, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but clear that onto free TV for people um, would I think be enormous if that could be a part of the solution. It is, but you know, the teams now have got to worry about how do we make money on this too? Right. You know, all of a sudden now this money we had earmarked for our, uh, our league is going to be gone because we don't have the money coming in. They can't make those payments. Bankruptcy ensues. And so now what do you do? How do you get that money? And you know, those are things that have to be worked out and it goes way far up the ladder more so than I can even comment. I just know that in the end, I would believe that it's going to be a streaming service that's available. The question would be how much money. And to your point, that does add up and everyone, you know, especially now with inflation going the way it is and prices soaring at just about every mm -hmm. uh, walk of life that you have to deal with. I don't know how many people are going to be willing to do it. And that would be a shame. So they got to be mindful of, of both things here. They want to make money. Yes, but they got to make that product available. And maybe it's more advertising dollars uh, that they can get, you know, that they didn't maybe have opportunity to with AT&T Sports Network, for example, here or out in Seattle. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of work yet to be done. I haven't heard any clarity about it at all at this point. So we'll see where it goes. Before I let you run, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, does this team, A, end up in the playoffs, and B, uh, when and if they do, how far do they go? Yes, they will make the playoffs. I just think games in hand help them, uh, and I can't see them totally falling apart here. I, I think their inconsistency is a problem, but when they play – and when they put their minds to playing the way they're capable of, I think they're, they're a pretty good hockey team. Again, the goaltending, I, I wish I had a prediction for you with the goaltending. If I knew yeah. an answer there, because it's uncertain, that is a problem. And I think it will again lead to their downfall in the first round. I can't look at it any other way at this point. I was hoping Jari would get back and be really good at what he's done because I think when healthy, he is a pretty good goaltender. However, we have not seen that and we haven't seen it in the postseason. So how do you know for sure? Those other teams have big goaltending advantages, I think, specifically Boston. Yeah. Um, Linus Olmark has been great all year, very consistent. That team is, if they end up getting that team, although sports is meant to be played, we can talk about all we want. Just go back to what year was it, Chris, 2012 or 13, when they took on the Bruins and the Bruins swept them, even though the Penguins had stocked lineup with, right. they just added a Ginla and Morrow and the Crankshaft and everybody else. And then they got swept in that series. So, you know, it was, it's unbelievable how it works. Uh, but generally speaking, they get in, yes, but I don't think they last long at this the, point. The irony of Ron Hextall making so many mistakes over the last two-plus years, and yet his downfall coming down to the idea of not being able to get competent goaltending as a former goaltender himself <laughs> is just is just too rich. And I think we'll, we'll – everybody out on the other side of the state, uh, I talked to some people from Philly last week, will be sitting there nodding their heads knowingly saying, we told you so. Well, I'll uh, tell you one thing that they look bad. This wasn't him. This was more of a Rutherford, but they traded Philip Gustafson, who they drafted, and he's mm -hmm. now 
looking like a really good young goalie in the future. Uh, and that Derek Broussard trade was just one that didn't need to be done. And it was. And that's another thing, you know, the good with Rutherford and the bad with Rutherford all at the same time. I, I just talked with Eric Tangrady about the way, how good Mike Matheson looked last night. You know, you, you see he was Jared flying. McCann. And he's a plus player on a crappy team. Exactly. Jared McCann and Brandon Tanev are key to a really good Seattle How about team. Evan Rodriguez? I mean, we just keep going down the list and, and all of those the forwards, plays they could have made. Yeah. You know, all of those forwards, the other direction. Yes. And all of those forwards are exactly the kind of forwards they're looking for right now. Middle six guys. Um, right. So yeah, we'll see where it goes from here. Pomp. Thanks for taking the time today and talking about a multitude of issues, man. I appreciate it. All right. The Mac attack anytime. Thank you. Great stuff from Pomp. I, I really do. I, I, I think it's interesting that uh, CBS Pittsburgh is as Pomp Pomp works for him. Uh, KDKA and or uh, the CW locally would be interested in getting in on some of those games. I think if nothing else, especially in the months of, well, at least in the month of April, right? When the Pirates are just getting started up and the Penguins are playing playoff games that may only be broadcast locally or that at least have local broadcast rights attached to them. You think of the first two rounds of the playoffs, uh, there's going to be schedule conflicts. So what happens if, there's there's nowhere to put one game, let alone two. You know, is there an instance where uh, maybe the remnants of AT&T Sportsnet is broadcasting a Penguins playoff game and a Pirates regular season game, maybe even something like the home opener, somehow ends up on KDKA TV 2 or the CW? Uh, there's a million questions that go into both uh, the immediate impact of these local uh, sports channels going bankrupt in so many places, uh, all the Bally networks, but also the AT&T sports networks. Uh, and, and then the long-term effect of that too, in, in so much as, is how do things get ironed out for future seasons or at the very least this baseball season that that's just getting started uh, in a few weeks. Uh, it, it would be something to see Fenway sports group kind of swoop in Say, hey, we've got the blueprint laid out. We've got all the people in place up in Boston with Nesson. We know how to handle baseball and hockey. We'll take your people and basically just buy up the network and start broadcasting Pirates and Penguin games uh, since we've already got an 80% stake in Nesson. We already own the majority of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, it sounds like John Henry, owner of the Red Sox, chairman of Fenway Sports Group, and Bob Nutting have some sort of relationship, the owner of the Pirates. So, Maybe it's something that works out for everybody involved. Uh, the question would be, how much will it work out when your wallet comes to play, too? Because if it's a streaming service, uh, if it's an app, uh, add another one onto your Hulu and your Netflix and your Paramount Plus and whatever else you're using, Fubo, all of it. Before you know it, you look up and you're paying as much in cable as you were. Uh, you're paying as much in streaming services, I should say as you were in cable. Fascinating though, wherever we're headed, uh, we're headed into one more segment here on fifth Avenue face off with Jackie Redmond of NHL network Peacock. Uh, she works, does some work with WWE uh, is all over the place, but it's women's history month, the month of March. So I thought we'd talk to an accomplished female broadcaster, someone who works around the NHL on a daily basis and talk to her about not just what she does, how she got there, but also, well, about the NHL and the Penguins specifically. Jackie Redman of NHL Network, next here on Fifth Avenue Faceoff.